who, in your mind, who's the starting other guard? First of all, did you say Obre Jr.? Come on, bro. It's Obre Jr. Man, get it together. First of all, you got to get the names right. Okay. You get your names right say. for all these stats well, you do? first you of all, right? you know, Anthony wants the big, everyone's got the big three. Anthony wants, like, the big ten. <laughs> five. Five would do. Just give me a starting five. What do you, what do you think, like, Okay, you know? okay. All right, stop the shenanigans. <laughs> all of a sudden. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Matter of Stats podcast. It's Anthony and Billy tonight. Uh, Kobe is out sick, so we wish him a speedy recovery. Uh, but the duo is going to hold it down, right, Billy? That is correct. And in Kobe's honor, happy Thirsty Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you are partaking on his behalf. Well, I partake on a lot of people's behalf. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, you ready to jump right in? Let's do it. All right. Of course, before we get started, we always like to remind everybody to please check out the Matter of Stats podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. Check us out on X, um, check us out on IG, our YouTube page. And uh, make sure you stick around. Uh, again, of course, we moved our headlines to the end of the show. So make sure you stick around and check out the uh, end lines. Right, Billy? That's it. <laughs> All right. So we'll start uh, like we usually do with our weekly Lakers recap. Um, Actually, some uh, some good news. Yeah, right. We're not, we're not reporting a, you know, a disastrous week for a change. Right. Yeah, the Lakers um, actually, so they head into the All-Star break, 30 and 26, four games above 500, uh, still ninth place in the West, but uh, only three losses behind the seventh seed and four losses behind the fifth seed. So there's a pretty, you know, good group of teams right there that are all within striking distance of, you know, five to nine. Um, But the Lakers have won three straight games. And six of their last seven, obviously the only loss being the uh, to the Nuggets, and and that game was actually you know tied with what a minute fifty three to go, and you know the Nuggets just you know just pulled away at the end, but but um, clearly playing better basketball as of late. Uh, they're still, of course, dealing with injuries to Reddish, Vando, Vincent, and most recently uh, Christie. Now there is hope that after the all-star break reddish and Christie will be able to return um, maybe not immediately right after but sometime uh, close after the all-star break uh, Vando and Vincent obviously uh, are still in that um, reevaluation and we'll wait and see kind of stage so I think it's definitely going to take a while before either one or them uh, return but um We'll get into Dimwitty and and some of the other you know stuff that obviously happened, but just in regards to the Lakers' recent play, uh, four games above five hundred. This is the best they've been since early December. So what you know, what have you you know seen that you've liked, Billy? Um, you know, over the over the past uh, you know six or seven games. Well, I like that we've gone back to our playoff lineup, right? I mean, this is what we kind of expected from the get go. And we, you know, the guys that we picked up uh, via free agency waiver, whatever uh, the case may be at the beginning of the season um, were 
supposed to be come off the bench, and that's what the plan was. Instead, Ham decided to tinker a little bit. I say a little bit loosely uh, <laughs> <laughs> with the lineups, and uh, let's see who does what with who and all this stuff. And lo and behold, the whole time it was the lineup of last year's playoff run that is doing the job, and it's very nice to see. Um, you can tell the cohesiveness. They're playing well together. They're, they've got their energy. Um, D'Angelo has been still playing good. You know, everyone thought it was just going to be a, a little stretch of his, but he's still playing great ball. Rui, insert him into the starting lineup. He's playing great. AD, passing the ball, knows where everyone's going to be. Um, blocks, rebounds, points. LeBron's doing his thing. Uh, it, it's just nice to see. And then the bench guys are coming in, doing, you know, holding, holding down the lead or, or helping us catch up. It, it's just nice basketball. It's nice that we're finally moving the ball around nicely. We're shooting better. Um, the energy is better. It, it's just we're playing for each other. It's just nice to see again. Um, I, don't, I, I don't know how to gauge everything because we're playing against, I guess, subpar teams, you could say. But it's a start. And yeah. Uh, you know, we'll see how far we can get. You know, hopefully this is some momentum going into the break and hopefully mm-hmm. we can keep it coming back out of the break. Yeah, and we'll touch a little more on that in a minute. But to your point, uh, guys definitely feel a little more comfortable or at least they look more comfortable out there in their in their roles now. Mm-hmm. And um, we've talked, obviously, uh, you know, about what D'Lo's been doing the last month and change. But very quietly, Austin Reeves had has had a very good month of February so far. He has really played well in February, and obviously he struggled uh, through various points of the season so far. So to see him start to play much better is also a real encouraging sign because, like yeah. you said, you know what LeBron and AD are going are gonna to give you. Uh, D'Lo has been, you know, great the last month or so, and now you get Austin Reeves playing at a high level, and then, like you said, you sprinkle in Rui, you sprinkle in um, what you might get out of Wood and and Christie and uh, mm-hmm. Prince, and so now things, and now you put you know, Dim Winnie in the mix, which we'll touch on here in a second too, and who knows, right? They might, um, well, they might actually be. Uh, looking like the team that won the in-season tournament in December. Yeah, and then we get Vando back that, you know, brings some some a lot more energy you know, hustling towards the boards and defensively and steals and stuff like that, doing all the little things that don't show up on the sheet. Yep. It's, it's very promising. Um, you know, like yeah. you said, <clears throat> we'll see what, what Dan Woody brings to the table as well. So as we mentioned, uh, this so this is the proverbial, not really the halfway point of the season, but they you know the proverbial halfway point of the season at the All Star break. Um, and uh, last week, of course, was the trade deadline, mm-hmm. so we wanted to touch just a little bit on that. There was nothing major, no earth shattering, you know, big time uh, trades. Obviously, it's well documented now. Of course, the Lakers made no trades, so obviously the blockbuster style DeJounte Murray or even the smaller um, uh, bench or you or role player guys that were rumored the Lakers decided to stand pat you know sort of save all their you know marbles if you will till the summer and, and see what that could bring um, 
but there were a few significant, you know, deals to playoff teams where they added some pieces that will help them. Uh, most notably, the Mavs got uh, PJ Washington. He was a nice little pickup for them. The 76ers added Buddy Heald. Uh, you know, obviously, Laker, yeah, obviously, Laker fans know who Buddy Heald is. We've been rumored to <laughs> trade for him for like three years now, <laughs> <laughs> but he ended up going to Philadelphia. Um, the Suns got Royce O'Neal. That was another guy that the Lakers uh, were rumored to get that I actually would have I would have liked maybe to get a guy like him, uh, especially with, you know, the Vando injury yeah. and the, the Knicks maybe maybe made the the most significant trade, if you will, getting Bogdanovich and Burks. So they yeah. got two, they got two legitimate scorers, two legitimate uh, pieces that you are legit rotation guys that you could start to bring off the bench. So a handful of playoff teams got better. The Lakers, obviously, like we said, did not choose to make any trades. There was some uh, chatter that, there were some deals they could have made, but they didn't really feel they were worth it or didn't really feel they were going to be significant enough to give up what the cost might have been. There was some talk that Torian Prince was on the table, and there were a couple deals the Lakers could have pulled the trigger on, but Darvin Ham basically fought to keep Torian Prince. So. Shot. Shockingly, right. <laughs> shockingly. I would I would love to know what those deals were. You know, I would love to know yeah. what what we decided we didn't want to get to keep Tory and Prince. Mm-hmm. I, I hope I just pray that it wasn't something stupid like we could have got somebody who was clearly better, but Darvin Ham just did not want to give up his prodigal son. There could have there could have been. Well, I don't I don't mean it was like DeJounte Murray, but I'm saying what if it was Finney Smith? I think I'd rather have Finney Smith than Torian Prince. Yeah. You know, I I don't know. But I'm just saying my own curiosity, I'd love to know what we passed up on. But nonetheless, this is where we are. The Lakers stood pat. They did, of course, um, work in the buyout market. Of course, the Lakers had been saving this open roster spot all season for this very type of move to get a player that they felt would be able to help them in the buyout market after the trade deadline. So they did sign guard Spencer Dinwiddie. He was traded to Toronto, ironically for Dennis Schroeder, um, but then was bought out by the Raptors and he signed with the Lakers uh, last weekend. Uh, Dinwiddie is um, a a bigger guard, six, five combo guard can play the one or the two. He's, Uh, A solid offensive player. He can attack the basket. He can shoot the three. He's not a great defender, but he's a decent defender. Uh, Something that the Lakers obviously lack right now is that perimeter defense. Uh, Russell, Reeves, you know, aren't great defensively. And without Vando and even without Christie now, the Lakers really thin um, in that backcourt defensive uh, rotation. So hopefully Dinwiddie can help. Obviously, he's played a couple games. Um, you know, all right, you know, 16 points. I think he scored, you know, what, six the first night? He scored 10 last night in Utah. Um, so he, he'll, I think he'll get more comfortable. He'll obviously be playing a significant role because who knows when Gabe Vincent's going to come back and who knows what you're going to get out of Gabe Vincent when yeah, Gabe Vincent I- comes back. He's basically missed the whole year. So you can't expect him to just, you know, be able to come in, you know, right out of the gate, zero to 60 and just be, uh, the Gabe Vincent that we've seen in the playoffs the last couple of years uh, with the Heat. 
So I think it definitely fills a need. Uh, I, you know, I'm, of course, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not in love with, you know, the move. I don't, I don't, to me, Dinwiddie doesn't move the needle. He was yeah. probably, he's probably the best player that was on the buyout market. So <clears throat> I understand of course, why you would take him for free, essentially not really for free, but you know what I mean? Not have to give up yeah. something to get him. Um, but we'll see. Uh, hopefully he can, hopefully he can help, um, the, you know, the, the Lakers depth, Hopefully he can help the um, the backcourt defensively, and hopefully he can help. Uh, you know when he's out there, when you want to take Reeves or Russell off, you know to give them a breather. You have another playmaker out there that you know can score. Yeah, I mean, I I know you weren't a fan of pretty much when you knew he was on the buyout market. You were kind of no, no, but I well, mean, I was we got- like. I was like, here as soon as as soon as he got traded and they said he's getting bought out, I'm like, great, we're getting Spencer Dimwitty. Yeah, it was, it was pretty much <laughs> once all that happened. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I, I want to see how it pans out. He, you know, he's been a pretty consistent player through his career. Um, he, he's getting his feet wet with our squad and getting getting used to everybody and stuff. And, yeah, you know, to have those assists coming in is 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 really good. Um, passing the ball, getting people involved, and uh, mm-hmm. if we can add some defensive prowess to our to our team, that'd be great as well. Um, he has he is very capable of scoring the basket, basketball. We we know that we've seen it. Um, so you know when LeBron's not in, he could take some of that off of LeBron. That's that's the plan anyway. Mm-hmm. So you know if he comes up coming off the bench, maybe LeBron can get some more rest and not have to play 35, 40 minutes a game. Right. Yeah, so that that's another big part of why the Lakers did this move is, we, like you said, we're not we don't know what we're gonna get from. I don't think you can count on Gabe Vincent. I think Gabe yeah. Vincent would be the cherry on top, so to speak. I don't think you can count. He'd be on, a bon- yeah, he'll be a bonus. Whatever you get from Gabe Vincent is gonna be a bonus, in my opinion. Yeah, if he can even come back. Yeah, know, we hope he can because he's a three point threat. Um, he can he can give us some clutch minutes uh, in whatever minutes he can give us. But like you said, we don't know what we're going to get, and you don't want to rush him back because, you know, we saw what happened. He came back, he got hurt right so. Yeah, so Dinwiddie at least gives you a little bit of insurance. Um, you know, he's comfortable, it seems, with the roster. Obviously, he's played with D'Lo, he's played with Christian Wood, so I yeah. think that that helps a little bit too. Yeah, and, and you know, the way that – Braun and AD pass the ball and get people involved as well. Um, as long as they're hitting shots and stuff, they'll, they'll trust him. And he, he's plug and play. I mean, he I yeah. think he's playing almost any system. He's that type of player. So, yep. I think I think he's going to, once he gets really settled in, I think he, he can contribute a good amount for the minutes he's going to give. Yeah. I mean, like you said, time, time will tell, but hopefully he will be able to give the Lakers what they need in the absence of Vincent and in the absence of Vando. Um, and as far as the buyout players go, like I said, he was the best of the bunch. So yeah. at least the Lakers, you know, scored, uh, you know, in that, in that regard. So now, now if this is, I don't, I'm not saying this is going to put us over and win us a championship. I'm- I would, I would hope. No, yeah, he's obviously not not a, a game changer, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, hopefully he adds to the 
equation and we can make a good run in the playoffs play better when the pressure's when when it means something so yeah hopefully his experience will really help when we get to that point of the season because obviously he has played uh you know in you know in big playoff games so yeah and like and like you said you know if we can if we can win get on a good uh winning streak which we kind of have we mm-hmm. started you know winning six out of seven is a good a good start yep and when everyone says this is when basketball really gets going so this is we've got to turn it up and hopefully we can you know show people hey when it matters we we're going to show up and hopefully get out of that play-in spot and get to a play, get into a regular playoff spot that billy of course brings us to the next topic i wanted to discuss um we we've seen what this team's looked like over the past week and a half and it's obviously very promising uh, but the question now is has this laker team actually like finally turned a corner or you know are they just you know taking advantage of uh you know a couple a couple light games on the schedule i, I want to see how we look against against some of the upper tier teams mm-hmm. um you know like i said earlier we, we play some subpar teams as of late and you know we do what we're supposed to do against subpar teams is win um we won without lebron our last game, um, mm-hmm. which is good. I mean, we we won. We beat Boston without him, so I mean, we yeah. have, right? Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, we're actually. I think I want to say with last night's win, the Lakers. I think are actually four and three without LeBron this year. Yeah, which is good. I'm, which I'm is not, yes, it's surprisingly good actually. I'm not saying we don't need him, but I'm saying that's a good sign that yeah. that that shows that these guys can do it. Now to do it on a consistent basis, that's another thing. But uh, you know, we got to make some kind of run, and I th- I don't know if we turn the corner. Like I said, I want to see how we play against you know the Denver's and in you know the the upper teams, Phoenixes and stuff like that of the league. Yeah, then we can maybe make a little bit a better assessment when that happens. Yeah. Well, I think yeah, I think I'm kind of also in that wait and see mode too. Uh, only because I feel like, like I test, I feel like this team's finally figuring something out. Yeah. But, but they have, but I felt like this, be- we felt like this before, right? Where they've won two or three games in a row and we're like, oh, look at this. They beat Dallas, they beat, and then they go and they lose, you know, a couple of, you know, games to crappy teams. So yeah. I, w- I want, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you are. I want to say yes, but, I'm a little hesitant just because I've been burned before this year by this team. Oh yeah. But here's some food for thought. I think it's safe to say that the Lakers are playing probably their best stretch of basketball since they won the in-season tournament. Fair. Agreed. And this is the first time they've been more than two games over 500 since they were 14 and nine, um, you know, back around uh, early December. And the, the offense has been a big contributor to that. The defense has been a little spotty at times over this, um, you know, over this uh, six, six wins and seven games. But the offense has been very good. Uh, you know, they're averaging almost 123 points a game in these over these last seven games. What I'm talking about, they're averaging about 123 points a game. They're shooting 51 percent from the field, 40 percent from three. 
making about 12 a game. They're averaging seven steals and seven blocks. And they're even shooting 82% from the free throw line, which I know is, you know, a stat that Kobe always harps on. All of these, Billy, are above their season average. Every single one of these stats is above their season average. And I think you you even said something earlier that you liked, the, like the ball movement and, you know, how everybody's been sharing the ball. Uh, that That's not just, you know, you seeing that. That's fact. I think I shared this with you guys earlier. Um, you know, over the last 15 games, the Lakers have been very good at um, assist to turnover ratio. Um, I, they've been top five at assist to turnover ratio. Their, their offensive rating is number one in the league. Their transition frequency is number one in the league, meaning that, you know, they're getting, they're getting out and getting, you know, easy buckets. Um, they're, they're tied for second in turnovers. So they're not turning the ball over and they're tied for first. They're averaging over 30 assists a game. When has a Laker team in my, in your recollection averaged over 30 assists a game? Well, they're, they're playing smart basketball and they, and you get guys that know where each other's going to be and that they play together enough and you put them all in the same lineup and they're going to find each other and they're going to make stuff happen. So, yeah, well that lends to good pace, good execution, good ball movement. And that lends to making more shots, right? Because you're getting better shots. You're getting higher percent. You're getting higher volume shots. You're getting easier looks. You're getting out in transition. You're not turning the ball over. So you're not always chasing your tail. So mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. All of that is, you know, feeding into the what's making this team, uh, you know, click over the last couple of weeks. But like you said, they do have a tough uh, month of March coming up. They got a lot of home games, but they got some tough games. I think I think right out of the All-Star break, they're at Golden State. You know, that's always a battle. Golden State's playing a lot better as yeah. of late. Um, and then they've got Milwaukee and I think then the Sixers and the, so there's, so there's, they're, they're going to, they're going to play some really good, uh, teams in the month of March. So you we're going to get a sense out of the all-star break, those first couple of weeks, if you know, we're going to find out basically like, yes, this team did turn the corner or no, they're back to treading water, but, yeah, but you, but you, you alluded to the lineup. And I think that is important for two reasons. Not just that since they put Rui in the lineup, that lineup's 5-0. and I mean, that's great, but that's, you know, that's just one small component. Because I think what, what most people get frustrated with from Darvin Ham through this, throughout this season, you read a lot of the stuff on Twitter and, you know, when people wanted to, to fire him a few weeks back. Yeah. We talk about the lineups and the rotations, and even the players have complained about the rotations and not knowing their roles and being comfortable in what they're supposed to do night in and night out because the lineups were changing so much. And, you know, we know that Darvin Ham went through a variety of different lineups, right? He started Prince, obviously, a ton. Then it was the let's try Austin Reeves off the bench. Then it was the let's try D'Lo off the bench, right? Um, but I think all of that is is normal, right, to have some degree of tinkering and figuring out the best lineup. But I think the biggest complaint that 
that myself and most Laker fans probably have is why the hell did it take 50 plus games to finally go back to the lineups that you, that most of us, even on this pod talked about before the season started, right? We said the starting lineup should be the same as it was last year, or maybe, or maybe Rui for Vando, right? That was what we all kind of agreed on. It should be something like that. One of those two lineups. Prior to that, how many did we they play together prior to like now it was like well like yeah but stupid. but that's the front but that's the frustration i think with fans it's not that you're gonna you're gonna figure out what lineup works best it's like everybody knew that what that these were the two best lineups why did it take 50 plus games for you to finally figure out yeah i think we should just go with that lineup i think that's what drives fans crazy yeah, I mean, if you're going to play with the rotation, play with the bench rotation. Don't play with our main lineup that plays, you know, the 35 minutes or 40 minutes a game. You, well, you, want, to it, you, want, you want to play with lineups? Okay, you want to see what bench guys work better with whatever guys and cool, but don't right. Well, but you, but if it worked, right, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Even Rui was talking after the game last night that it's like, well, hey – we, we, this was our one of our playoff lineups last year. We know it works. We're comfortable with it. You know, yeah. it's it's like even the players are kind of like, yes, finally we are getting into the roles that we were comfortable with last year. And what a shock! It's working. Yeah, and that's that's where the energy comes from, and knowing where each other is on the court, and you see them smiling and and getting excited for each other and stuff. Yep. That's that's where all that comes from. All right, finally, we know what we're doing, and we know we're back to where we should be, and let's yep. go get it. Yep. So you're right. Time will tell here after the break if they've really turned a corner. But at least, hopefully, cross our fingers, we've gotten through the mess of lineups that we're going to try to figure out, and we've settled on a lineup that we know works, it worked then, it's working now, and hopefully at least that will be one consistent theme for the final, you know, 30-something games of the season. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, we'll see after the All-Star break how they, uh, how they come out of the gate. Uh, I don't know about you, Billy, but I love All-Star weekend. I, I love uh, All-Star Saturday night. I love watching the game. I'm really excited to see the, you know, the Sabrina and, and Steph you know, shootout. So I think it's going to be a fun all-star weekend and then back to business, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm uh, I'm after DVR a lot of stuff because of our good friend's birthdays uh, this weekend. So um, we're doing those, some festivities. So I'll be DVR-ing, DVRing a lot of stuff and uh, watching it that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever you got to do to watch it, it's all, it's all, it's all good, right? Yes, sir. All right, um, so let's uh, let's move into our headlines here as we get ready to close out the week here. Uh, quickly recapping uh, some of the top stories of sports this past week. And we will start, of course, with the Super Bowl, right? Which should uh, be a holiday. Monday should be. Right, should be, right? Super Bowl <laughs> Monday. <laughs> uh, the Chiefs, they won, obviously, Super Bowl 58. Uh, they defeated the 49ers. This is their second consecutive Super Bowl victory. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was named the Super Bowl MVP, his third Super Bowl MVP. 
um, of, in rare air, tying uh, only Tom Brady and Joe Montana for uh, the most uh, Super Bowl MVPs. Um, so too, man. That's crazy. Yeah, this is Mahomes' third uh, Super Bowl uh, total, obviously, back-to-back uh, -back ones, and then he won a few, won a few years ago. Um, it was a great game, uh, and Mahomes just, in the end, did what he had to do and, 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 and took over the game. Well, like I was telling a lot of people before, it, it's going to come down to the experience, you know, and, and San Francisco has some people that are experienced on that team, but it just Kansas City is just on another level, another level, way more playoff games, way more Super Bowls, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, and the, the experience and the calmness of that team, they, they just they knew exactly what needed to be done and they, they executed when it needed to be executed. Yep. I mean, best quarterback, best coach is a pretty good recipe for Super Bowl wins, right? Ask uh, Belichick and Brady. <laughs> so, uh, in some college football news, uh, Nick Saban, who, of course, we know recently uh, stepped down at Alabama, he'll be joining ESPN's College Game Day uh, as on their uh, as one of their analysts on the Game Day broadcast. That'll be kind of that'll be kind of fun to see. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Uh, also, in some more NFL news, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson was named the NFL MVP. Uh, he was expected to win it. It's his second MVP. Obviously, the uh, Ravens did not accomplish their season goal, but a uh, nice accomplishment for Lamar. He had a spectacular year. Well, the Ravens had a spectacular year. I mean, they, they obviously played, a, you know, they were, they were great all season. And uh, kudos to Lamar Jackson for winning uh, the MVP. Um, this uh, just broke uh, earlier today. Uh, Caitlin Clark, she has broken the women's NCAA all-time scoring record. Uh, she, uh, I don't know if you saw it, Billy. She made a three from like almost half court to yeah. break the to break the women's uh, all-time college basketball scoring record. So I think she scored something like forty-nine points tonight too. So she is uh, she is one heck of a player. There's no doubt about that. And uh, we'll be obviously seeing her in the WNBA uh, soon. For sure. Congratulations to her and uh, much, much luck moving forward. Yeah. Um, also, um, Tiger Woods, who recently left Nike, he signed a deal with TaylorMade to produce his own line of golf wear and gear. Uh, it will be called Sunday Red. So that's... Uh, Actually, three words, Sunday Red. So, uh, obviously, Tiger famous for the Sunday uh, reds that he would wear in tournaments. So, um, uh, kudos to Tiger and uh, excited to see kind of, you know, what his new line of product looks like uh, How with, much? Uh, with TaylorMade. <laughs> what would you say? How much is going to cost? How much is going to cost, right? Yeah, I'm sure it ain't going to be cheap. No, that's about, well, well, first of all, if you ever play golf, nothing with golf is cheap no the, the the clubs the you know the 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 courses the the clothes everything is expensive golf is a very expensive uh sport but but can be very fun too funny thing is that i think that's the one area where the beer is cheaper than the, <laughs> than the stadiums than the stadiums <laughs> uh and finally of course 
last uh, week, the Kobe Bryant statue was unveiled at Crypto. Um, it was exciting. Um, we were actually down there. We'll, we'll touch on that in a second, too, before we go. Um, uh, the atmosphere was cool. The vibe was cool. The fans were great. Um, it was it, it was it was a cool moment to, you know, to experience. And of course, all Laker fans happy for the um, long overdue statue. And we also learned that this is going to be one of three Kobe Bryant statues that will be featured there. Uh, so there'll be another one of Kobe, and then there's going to be another one with Kobe and Gigi. So he'll have three statues total, which I think is just awesome. Just the whole whole concept is awesome, and uh, I love it. Yeah, I, I love it that they're going to have one with Gigi. Um, that's that's amazing right there. I was at, I was at work. I was watching everything at work, and, you know, the <laughs> I like this stuff on TV. I was getting all water guide. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I, I was there to experience it. And, you know, I, I love how Vanessa, like, you know, mm. like guessing the pose, right? Of what what pose they're going to have of him, like doing his fadeaway or, you know, right. Really, or, or doing like uh, his, you know, the famous where he kind of pulled his jersey, you know, when he made that, uh, that game winner and, Yep. You know, multiple poses and and she was like you know kobe picked this one you know he had this picked out for years and you know if you don't like it you, you know what she said so yeah no <laughs> I, I i know there were some people that were initially surprised by uh the design of the statue but yeah vanessa made it very clear that this was exactly what kobe wanted and i think it's cool that there's going to be two other ones because maybe now we'll get one that might be yeah, like you mentioned, have one of those iconic Kobe, uh, you know, poses and images, and then yeah. of course the one with Gigi. That's just that's just just a cool thing. Well, I mean, he wanted this one. I mean, it, it's him walking off the court after he scored eighty-one points. I mean, how yep. Request oh, that. The, well, there's nothing right. There's no shame in that, of course. <laughs> Got the detail in it, you know, the tattoos. He, he even goes down to the tape on his finger and and the exact shoe he was wearing. The triangle offense for the base. He's got the triangle there, and yeah, and then all the accolades, you know, on it, the on the statue. Really, they did a really good job with it. The day after, there were so many fans there wanting to see it actually in person, take pictures with it. I mean, there were thousands of people like wrapped around the, the block, just waiting, yeah. just waiting to get um, close enough to get a glimpse of the statue. So just a awesome thing all around. Excited to see the next two for sure. Oh, for sure. So, all right. Uh, that about wraps up uh, this week's episode of the matter stats podcast. Before we let you guys go, um, we want to leave you with um, some sounds and audio from last week's footage from the Kobe statue unveiling at crypto.com arena. Like I mentioned, we were there um, since this week is just an audio pod. Um, you can listen to the audio sound here at the end, but please make sure you go to our YouTube page and check out the videos that we posted from the statue and make sure you like and subscribe it. And, uh, we thank you all, and we'll see you next week. Peace. What's up, everybody? Anthony from the Matter of Stats podcast here with you. We are broadcasting live from Crypto.com, just 
outside of where the Kobe statue is going to be unveiled out here amongst the people, all the Kobe fans, all the Laker fans. Kobe statues dropping tonight. Um, what's your favorite Kobe Bryant moment? Oh man, um, that third title, um, the completing the three peat. That was uh, kind of when I really sunk my teeth into the fandom. Man, it, it would have to be when he was fearless against Matt Barnes. <laughs> that was it. You know what I mean? You know, if somebody attempts to act like they're gonna hit you in the face and bust your nose, and you don't even move, that was my personal single one favorite moment. That is a stone cold move. And I know Matt Barnes had just seen Matt a couple minutes okay. ago. <laughs> Trade deadline was today. Lakers did not make any moves. How do you feel about that? Was that the right decision? I'm a little conflicted. I think that uh, if I'm trying to be a little reasonable and stay out of my, you know, out of my own emotions, uh, I was hoping for something. But I think that's all of us. And uh, but the thing you don't want to do is you don't want to give up your trade assets that you have, your first round picks. We only got a couple left in this decade, which is kind of weird to say. What's your favorite Kobe Bryant moment? I would say when he uh, tore his Achilles and he was still playing through it. That's like that was very inspirational to me. 80 points. 81. Yeah, 81. That yeah. that was crazy. When he dunked uh, on the Kings, when he did, uh, did that reverse uh, dunk against the Kings, uh, I fell in love with the Lakers. Was was seeing that, just seeing how amazing Kobe was, how talented he was. It was just crazy. Crazy. I mean, it's so great to talk to the fans because everybody has a different favorite moment and I think that's what makes Kobe so great and so iconic to everybody is everybody can connect with him in a slightly different way but it's all around the same you know exactly. sort of orb of the mama mentality and the love and it's just great to see so thank you guys really appreciate, appreciate it. it he helped me get through cancer uh, because of the mama mentality I never gave up and I came back to basketball and he was a big inspiration, so he really helped me get through cancer. Yeah. That's awesome. And there you have it, the real people with the love for Kobe.